bulletin before you. That's really all I have for the announcements for this evening. Please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise, and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ, and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Let us kneel for confession and absolution. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, whom to know is everlasting life, grant, to, grant us to know your Son, Jesus, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may boldly confess him to be the Christ, and steadfastly walk in the way that leads to life eternal. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the 13th Sunday after Pentecost is from Isaiah chapter 51. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who bore you, for he was but one when I called him, that I might bless him and multiply him. For the Lord comforts Zion, he comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Give attention to me, my people, and give ear to me, my nation, for a law will go out from me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. My righteousness draws near, my salvation has gone out, and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands hope for me, and for my arm they wait. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look at the earth beneath, or the heavens vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, and they who dwell in it will die in a like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will never be dismayed. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Romans chapter 11 and 12. O oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments, and how inscrutable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have all the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of Was it by the Holy Spirit? 
Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this meditation is from the Gospel lesson read a few moments ago. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. There seems to be a great identity crisis in our world today with people asking the question, who am I? Who am I? In today's world, we put so much stress on our identity, who we are, and we often respond with a question like that by telling the person what we do for a living In our society, that oftentimes seems the most important. And some go through great lengths to embellish their title or glamorize or promote who they are. Like a student who has all the answers in a classroom, when Jesus asks the question, Who do you say that I am? Peter eagerly confesses, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Bingo! Jesus is as Peter confesses. He is the anointed one, the Messiah, the living God. He is the fulfillment of all God promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God in the flesh. Do you agree with Peter? Of course you do. And thanks be to God, literally, thanks be to God. After all, Peter and all of you and I didn't come up with this answer on our own. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. It's a divine miracle that anyone, including Peter, confesses Jesus as Lord. So too with you. Blessed are you, Simon, son of John. My Father in heaven has revealed this answer to you. And Peter, don't you dare to take credit for your answer. And you and I better not either. On your own, you'd never be able to confess Jesus as the Christ, as the Son of God. Martin Luther in a small catechism gets it right. You remember, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him or confess him. St. Paul tells the church in Corinth, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And as Paul teaches us in Romans 10, chapter 17, faith comes by hearing the Holy Spirit-filled word. Again, it's a divine miracle. Now tonight I want you to note how the church is built and how the church grows. Jesus promises to build his church on the truth, the biblical content of Peter's confession, not on Peter's personality and not on Peter's person. This is absolutely huge. There's nothing solid about Peter at all. The church is not some personality cult of Peter or any other preacher whether pope or bishop or pastor or TV evangelist. Learn well from this. If you come to a church only because of a pastor's person or his personality, you will be sorely disappointed and distraught. 
After all, Peter the Confessor will soon become Satan's spokesman. You'll hear about that next week. And later on, Peter sleeps in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus is arrested, and he pulls off a triple denial with oaths and curses, denying that he knows Jesus. You can't build the church on Peter, and I don't care what anybody else says. A church built on Peter would be a spiritual disaster, an idol's temple. Instead, the church is built on the rock of Peter's biblical and faithful confession, Jesus. Peter, as confessor, doesn't point to himself, but he points to Jesus. And you can't be more rock-solid than the crucified and risen Jesus, and even the gates of hell cannot prevail such a biblical confession. A house is only as sturdy as the foundation which it rests. Those who live in the shaky San Andreas Fault of California know a little bit about this. The hidden strength of the church is her foundation. Jesus crucified. Jesus risen from the dead. The church is not, her foundation is not in her glorious cathedrals, even as beautiful as this church is. It is not built on her splendid liturgies, nor is it built on her stage praise bands with her eye candy vocalists and backup singers let alone the hole-in-the-jeans t-shirt, five o'clock shadow, people-magnet pastor. The muscle of the church does not consist in her high churchly, incense-swinging, chanting clergy. The vitality and vigor of the church is not in her supposed political and cultural influence or even in her supposed statistics. The church's hidden strength and I want you to listen, is that she is built on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles with Christ, the rejected rock, as her cornerstone. And she is bolted to this rock-solid foundation through faith that confesses Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, Peter didn't realize what all those words meant this day. You remember? When Jesus preached that he is the Christ and must intensely suffer and die a humiliating and disgraceful death and then gloriously rise on the third day, Peter pulls Jesus aside out to the verbal woodshed. With my tongue firmly planted in my cheek, Pope Peter I infallibly issues his first encyclical that went like this. You're wrong, Jesus. Dead wrong. Pardon the pun. I categorically and absolutely forbid it. Suffering and death and resurrection cannot and will not happen to you, Jesus. It's unthinkable, inconceivable. And since you are the Christ, this will never, ever happen to you. Do you get it? Suffering, death, and resurrection was not a part of the deal when Peter declared you are the Christ. For Peter, God's almighty power meant an anointed warrior, the divine terminator, the conqueror, who would bring Israel back on the map to its political height. And that totally excluded suffering and death.
However, to confess Jesus as the Christ, the Son of God, is to confess Jesus as Christ crucified. There is no other Jesus. There is no other way for him to be the Christ than by dying on that cross and rising again from the dead. This is the only way that death is defeated, sin is paid for, life restored. By his death on the cross, once and for all people, for all time. And those who would flatter Jesus with pious titles, but refuse his bloody, all-atoning, sacrificial death, are on shaky ground. As I hinted at it before, Peter became Satan's spokesman, and Jesus said to him, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. So if you're picking up what I'm throwing down here tonight, you either speak for Christ or against him. If you speak against Christ, you're an antichrist. There is no comfortable middle way. There is no neutral ground. There are no happy agnostics. Gee, I just don't know. There's no place to run and hide when Jesus asks you, who do you say that I am? Either Jesus is Lord or he isn't. Either Jesus is the Messiah or he isn't. Either he is the Son of the living God or he isn't. And either the church proclaims Jesus and him crucified and risen from the dead for the life of the world, or it's a synagogue of Satan. On this rock of Peter's confession, where Jesus is proclaimed Christ the Son of God, there the keys of the kingdom of heaven are found. Now, keys are authority. Keys have the authority to open and shut. It's a huge thing to have keys. When you take ownership of a home or a car, you get a set of keys. When you entrust someone with your house or your property when you go on vacation, you give them the keys. Oh, I remember the first time I got my set of keys for my 1977 Buick LeSabre. Freedom! Permission! What are the kids always asking for? Dad, can I have the... No, not the car. The keys. Imagine then, having the keys of heaven? A key that unlocks heaven's doors? In the text, Jesus promises the keys to Peter and to all people. Would you? Jesus does. Not to make him a bishop or a pope, but to make him a preacher, a confessor, a servant. And Jesus says to him, The things that you bind or lock on earth shall be locked in heaven, and the things that you unlock on earth shall be, shall be loosed or unlocked in heaven. You don't have to search for the keys to heaven like some misplaced set of car keys stuck in your pants pocket someplace or in a drawer. You don't need to ask, God, where did you put those keys? The keys are heaven are found right smack here in the middle of this gathering of rock-solid Christ confessors, even if there are only two or three gathered in his name. And the church even has an office of the keys, the office of the holy ministry, where the keys are always at work for certain so that you might know and be certain that heaven is open to you when you repent of your sin and believe in Jesus for forgiveness. The keys of heaven belong to Jesus and to whom all authority in heaven and earth has been given to you. 
They do what he did for all on the cross. They bind sin and Satan, death and hell. They loose sinners from their guilt and shame. They free us to be the children of God and they swing wide open the gates of heaven. You are all in on this, built on this rock, baptized, believing and confessing Jesus together with Peter. Every baptism, every word of forgiveness spoken, every proclamation of Jesus, every communion in which you eat and drink Christ's body and blood, the keys of heaven are open. One final point. Did you notice that Jesus warned Peter and the rest not to tell anybody about the Christ? Don't panic. He's not talking to you here. You can tell anyone and everyone about Jesus, that he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. You can tell anyone that their sins are forgiven because Jesus died for them. The disciples just had to wait until Jesus died and rose again. Then the world would have rock-solid proof. There is nothing more sure and certain than Jesus. Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Son of the living God. Jesus the giver of the keys of heaven. And you, my dear baptized believers, confessing him as your solid rock, the Lord Jesus who saves you, you know what? You are blessed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith to Christ Jesus, to life everlasting. Amen. We continue with the prayer of the church. Almighty God, we give you thanks for all your goodness and bless you for the love that sustains us from day to day. We praise you for the gift of your Son, our Savior, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, for your Holy Church, for the means of grace, for the lives of all faithful and just people, for the hope of the life to come. Help us to treasure in our hearts all that you have done for us and enable us to show our thankfulness in lives that are wholly given to your service. Lord, in your mercy. Save and defend your whole church, purchased with the precious blood of Christ. Strengthen your faithful people through the word and the holy sacraments, making them perfect in love and in all good works, and establishing them in the faith once delivered to the saints. Lord, in your mercy. Grant your wisdom and heavenly grace to all pastors, to those who hold the office in your church, that by their devoted service faith may abound and your kingdom increase. Lord, in your mercy. Preserve our nation in justice and honor, that we may lead peaceable lives with integrity. Grant health and favor to all who bear office in our land, especially the President and Congress of the United States, the Governor and Legislature of this state, to all those who make, administer, and judge our laws. Help them to serve this people according to your holy will. Lord, in your mercy. Take from us all hatred and prejudice. Give us the spirit of love and order our days in your peace. Prosper the labor of those who work to bring peace and justice to the nations of this world, that mutual understanding and common endeavor may be increased among all peoples. Lord, in your mercy. Bless the schools of the church and all colleges, universities, and centers of research, that those who teach and work in them 
Grant your wisdom in such measure that people may serve you honorably in the church and state, and that our common life may be conformed to the ways of your truth. Lord, in your mercy. Let your blessing remain upon the seed time and the harvest, the commerce and the industry, the leisure and rest, the arts and culture of our people. Take under your special protection those whose work is difficult or danger. Be with all who put their hands to any useful task. Give them just rewards for their labor and the knowledge that their work is a blessing in your sight. Lord, in your mercy. By your word and spirit, comfort all those who are in sorrow or need, sickness or adversity. Be with all those who suffer persecution for the faith. Have mercy on those to whom death draws near. Bring consolation to those in sorrow and grant to all a measure of your love, taking them into your tender care. Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. As we gather together the offering, we invite you to fill out the friendship register. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Father, almighty, everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death, that we might not die eternally. Because he has now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, 
evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of all creation, for you've had mercy on us and given your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In your righteous judgment you condemned the sin of Adam and Eve, who ate the forbidden fruit. You justly barred them and all their children from the tree of life. Yet, in your great mercy, you promised salvation by a second Adam, your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and made his cross a life-giving tree for all who trust in him. We give you thanks for the redemption that you have prepared for us through Jesus Christ. Grant us your Holy Spirit, that we may faithfully eat and drink of the fruits of his cross and receive the blessings of forgiveness, life, and salvation that come to us in his body and blood. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.
the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen, preserve, and keep your body and soul in the one true faith to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you've refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.